0: ShotGlassDigital.com On this episode of Geek Out Loud, I am taking it back. Doo 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 doo, taking it back. And we're going to discuss my second favorite film franchise of all time. We're getting rocky up in this mug on this. Your safe place to geek out, the Geek Out Loud podcast. And my voice is cracking. <laughs> and welcome to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out here in the podcasting realm. In a world where everybody's complaining about everything, this is your safe place to geek out, except on Star Trek or Twilight. My name's Steve Glosson. So glad to have everyone along with us. Hey, we're live tonight at uh, mixer.com slash big honkin show we do these things live with a live studio quote quote audience here in the chat at mixer.com slash big honkin show we hijack the big honkin show feed where uh the big honkin show you say what is that well the big honkin show is just a place where we have fun we talk about silly news and we just try our best just to kick back and relax usually at the end of the day and just have a good time together with what I like to call the Mixler Zoo Crew. Who's the Mixler Zoo Crew, you ask? Everybody in the chat. If you're not listening to the Big Honkin' Show, then you're missing out on some good times, and you're missing stuff like this. Has this ever happened to you? Oh, I'm coming hey. I don't know who you are. I'm coming up You got the wrong house. Well, you don't have to worry. Protect yourself and your family with BTH Security. Beatrice Turner Home Security has been in business since 2009 protecting people just like you. With our founder's patented alarm, criminals and burglars will be scared away. Just listen. Once you hear that sound, you know your home's protected and one of our agents will call you right away to make sure you're okay. Don't forget Beatrice Turner, the first name in home security. That's uh, from our good friend Jimmy in Georgia, who I call our remote producer and content provider for The Big Honkin' Show from way back in the day when my good friend Buck and I were doing The Big Honkin' Show and had a had a real-life superhero of an old lady who uh, discouraged some intruders by shooting through the door. And uh, we talked about how that must have sounded and what that must have been like and how she probably had an iPod with one song queued up which was Blaze of Glory because she was ready to go down in a Blaze of Glory if she had to I hope you'll join us at the Big Honkin' Show now you can know when we're recording these things because we do them all live we'll do it live we do them all live at Mixer.com slash Big honkin' Show and the way you can know what's happening when is generally on Sunday nights I'll update the recording schedule at geekoutonline.com geekoutonline.com and you'll see the top story there being the schedule for the coming week Those things are subject to change, so check back on a regular basis. For example, this was originally supposed to happen on Wednesday night. It's now Tuesday night, but because of some things that are going on tomorrow, I didn't know for sure when I'd be able to sit down and podcast. Uh, So instead of trying to put off Geek Out Loud till then, we did it tonight. So check out geekoutonline.com, geekoutonline.com dot com for the scheduling or the recording schedule rather and you'll know when we're doing things and you can come be a part of the mixler zoo crew with with just one of the greatest group of people listen i said it for the longest time and if you're listening to this you're part of the greatest podcast listening audience in the universe you know that already you know that but when you kick it up a notch and hang out in the mixler zoo crew man you're just you're you're cranking up your experience so come join us And we'll have a good time together when we do it live. Well, having said all that, there's nothing else to do but jump into some emails. We've got some emails here, and one is from a long-lost listener, our good friend Raj from the UK in the HK, and uh, and he's moved around, uh, and now he's in the People's Republic of China, the PRC. So um, he writes in and and says a few things uh, that's been going on in his life, and we just all I can say is because I don't want to get too much into his. Uh, his personal stuff here uh live, but good thoughts and prayers for his family please uh he says um the geek out loud and big Honkin show feed is still banned in the people's republic of china and i love it i love that we are too free and we're too there's too much america for the people's republic of china and what we do and i that's fine with me uh but i hope he says uh gold fans can find a way around when they need to i hear you raj uh, he's talking about Geek Out Loud. He says, Happy you're turning around with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I agree that Cap 2 turned around the show, but you got to understand that the twist for Cap 2 was decided before the TV show was even considered. The showrunners knew a few things going into Season 1 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. One, the twist and dismantling of S.H.I.E.L.D. in April of Season 1, and unless zero people watch the show, they would get a full season where they can use the first two-thirds of the season to establish the world, get the kinks out, and considering that the throwbacks of the pilot in the finale with Deathlock. well here's the thing the yeah the writers knew what was coming down the pipe i listened to a recent interview with joe cassado on fat man on batman and he talked about the fact that they knew what was coming the actors didn't know a lot of the actors they, they kept in the dark for the purpose of getting some uh some legit uh you know reactions and stuff as they went along in filming the show but um, I I don't think that excuse. I don't think working the kinks out and establishing the world and stuff. I don't think that excuses just how boring the first part of the season was. I just don't. uh I think that you had too much talent going in, uh and and I really I honestly think that they coasted through that first half of the season. I really think they were using the first half of the season as filler to get to the second half of the season. I I really believe that. I think that they kind of put it in neutral which was not the smartest thing in the world to do to get to the second half of the season when things really got ramped up. I'm going to talk a little bit more about S.H.I.E.L.D. in a few minutes. Um, way too many other things, gee uh, to, to talk about. And you like and like you, I'm sad to see the end of the Clone Wars, but onwards and upwards. He says, Rock out loud, love the concept of the show, and know a Matchbox 20 episode doesn't take away your cred. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not a rock person or a pop person or whatever. I just like what I like regardless of genre which makes me the worst person to DJ a house party. But growing up with an older brother's CD collection that includes Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, and Aerosmith, one would obviously lean toward rock music. I've even managed to hold a conversation with only Guns N' Roses lyrics. Yes, we were both sipping the Kool-Aid and the conversation only lasted about 90 seconds, but it was done. Uh, He says, I'm not a big concert guy and only went to my first concert in 2001 at age 17 for a Guns N' Roses concert. There was no Slash And Axel kept us waiting for an hour between the opening act and him getting on stage, but it was still awesome. Since then, I've only been to A Kiss and Aerosmith live in Boston and Green Day in Hong Kong. I also have tickets for three three times for the killers, but due to them canceling in bad weather, I've been denied. I sense I'm never allowed to see them live. Know what I'm saying. I'm enjoying seeing the birth of a man ants. It's a little unsettling at times, but that's half the fun. Looking forward to the next chapter in the story. I am too. We got to get on Carl to get back and, and do a little quiz. And finally, he says, Mark out loud. Thank you for getting me back into WWE. It's surprisingly very popular here in China. I'm not surprised. In fact, I heard an interview with John Cena where he's trying to learn Mandarin Chinese because of the popularity uh, that is growing for the WWE over in Hong Kong. Um, he, uh, <laughs> he, he's missing all the live shows, of the big honking shows. So he's hoping more can make the podcast feed. I, I maintain this, that if I don't feel like they're quality, I don't release them and uh and daniel and indy and uh our good friend doc zen they have a scoring system i think or maybe they just make it up as they go along i don't know and uh and he goes on to say uh take care and keep on casting and that's our good friend raj from the uk in the hk and it's just good to hear from raj we hadn't heard from in a while and raj i'm sorry about what's been going on in your life but i hope that things are looking up now and and hope that you're doing better will west Will West chimes in and he says, Hello Steve, I had essentially written off the upcoming not Man of Steel 2 movie. I mean, let's face facts, it's way too soon to introduce all these characters, especially since they're trying to build an entire DC universe off of the Man of Steel. Which, he says, I must admit, is better the second time around. I was also not a huge fan of the upcoming portrayal of Batfleck, since I was a huge fan of The Dark Knight, a movie that you hated. I didn't hate The Dark Knight! That's some of Derek's propaganda. However... After sort of seeing Batfleck for the first time, I'm pretty pumped. I mean, yes, that bat symbol is bigger than his entire head, but holy snike, Batman. I think he's looking pretty stinking awesome. Your opinion. Well, we talked about this on the last show briefly in the snippets. The, uh, the, the Batman costume is very Dark Knight Returns. Uh, it's very Frank Miller, Dark Knight Returns inspired, and I think it looks great. I'm interested to see it. Uh, without the, the, the black and white kind of filter put on it to kind of get an idea of the coloration of everything and and see if that bat symbol is the same color as the rest of the suit or if it's a little bit darker, how that works. It's going to be really interesting to see that in action, and I think Ben Affleck looks great. I've been a proponent of that choice since it was announced. I, I, I stand by the fact that I enjoyed the movie Daredevil and I enjoy the director's cut, of daredevil that much more so um and and so i felt like ben affleck could pull this off ben affleck has has proven himself as an actor and a director every actor every director has missteps in their career um and and i think that ben affleck gets a lot of unmerited uh hate for maybe some missteps he had several years ago in his career but you can't hold someone to a mistake here or there or 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 what they thought was a good choice at the time, it moves on. And so I think that he'll be uh I think he's gonna be great as Batman. I'm just I'm kinda concerned about the movie as a whole, but that's you know, this isn't the place for that. We don't we won't get into that. Uh Andy writes in and says, Oh my lanta. I'm a huge Flash fan. And then he puts in he's the only Flash fan and this is amazing. He's talking about that extended trailer that was released for the Flash not long after that teaser was released. And it does. It, it really kind of sets up the feel of the show and the feel of the characters. And, uh, and yeah, it's, I'm, I'm kind of digging it and looking forward to it. We'll talk a little bit more about that in just a second. Mark writes in, and, and on the last episode we had uh, an email talking about Anakin appearing as Hayden Christensen or Hayden Christensen being replacing uh, Sebastian Shaw as Anakin in Return of the Jedi. And Mark says, To add another comment to the whole Anakin at the end of Jedi debate, I would like to add something. Bearing in mind that he was the chosen one who was created by the Force, then shouldn't his Force ghost have the ability to take any appearance it would want once he enters the netherworld? I tend to believe that this status in the Force is also why he's able to appear so quickly as a Force ghost after his death, where it seems to have taken Obi-Wan and Yoda a little while to do the same thing. Well, George Lucas kind of, in 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 some commentary, says that it was Obi-Wan and Yoda who pulled Anakin uh, into in, into Force Ghost status. That It was their combined will and their manipulating of the Force to pull him into uh, Force Ghost status. So, I, you know, I, from his standpoint and his storytelling. I tend to think of his appearance as a young man at the end of Return of the Jedi as Anakin wanting to appear to Luke the way he was most proud of himself. That is great. That of Anakin back in his days is a true Jedi Knight it's also the way anakin would have appeared if he would have traveled the path of the light side of the force and had been around from the moment luke and leia were born anakin redeemed himself by saving his son and i would feel he'd want to appear as the hero anakin you know what i really dig that i dig that theory i dig that idea that this is how anakin wanted to appear because this was the last time that he was really happy with himself that he appears the way that he looked the last time that he was okay with himself by the time we get to vader and in return of the jedi we see a man who is torn we see a man who is conflicted and we see a man who dies in his regrets though he has been redeemed and though he has has turned back to the light side that doesn't the thing about forgiveness and the thing about making a change in your life unfortunately it doesn't sometimes re- erase the regrets and it doesn't erase the things you've done you can't forget the heinous things that Anakin did as darth vader you know, he he knelt. He was dubbed Darth Vader, and he went and wiped out all the Jedi in the temple, including the younglings. He left no one alive. And from there, he stood by as a planet was destroyed. He stood by and almost killed his son. He stood by as his son almost died. He, it was this. It was this. You're talking about a man who who he almost killed his wife. He he went through his life thinking he killed his wife. Let's be honest. The emperor never corrected that for him. The emperor never turned around and said. Uh, you know, when I told you that you killed your wife in your anger, I was just kidding about that. That was not—that was not factual. I was just—I was just pulling your chain a little bit. I—you needed a little levity because you were in your new suit, and so I just wanted to uh, just liven things up. <clears throat> um, so yeah, he never—he never realized that he didn't kill Padme. So you're talking about someone with a lot of regrets, and so definitely. Um, watching him come back around, I love that idea that this is the last time he was proud of himself. This is the last time, this is what he looked like the last time he was happy with himself, and uh, and it not just and it's not just a physical appearance thing, but it's like this is this is who I was when I was what I wanted to be. That's pretty cool. I like that. I like that theory. Our good friend Brian says, Just got out of Godzilla. Yes! It was everything you ever wanted out of a Godzilla movie. Ten out of ten. Not seen it yet. No spoilers in the chat, please. I am seeing mixed reviews, though. So I'm interested to see it uh, soon, hopefully. Um, Will West writes in again about Godzilla, but we won't get there because it's got some spoilers in it. I haven't read that yet. Jonathan writes in. He says, Dear Steve, I was listening to your latest goal concerning the pick of Affleck as Batman. And I remember I was in your chat a few days before your ready player goal episode through Mixler. And I was the one who said it looks like the veins of the suit and agree that the Batmobile looks like cross between the Tumblr and the 89 Batmobile. Well, Jonathan, um, again, I go back to, I don't think it was veins. Uh, it's, it's obviously if you, if you get in, cause it's a very high res picture You can get in, you can see it seems and it's some wrinkles in the suit and that sort of thing that it's a, it's a really neat, uh, neat situation. You know what? I hadn't caught as much flack as I thought I would for uh, some talk about gender issues that that we did on the last Geek Out Loud. And Sabrina uh chimes in. She says, hey Steve, it's Sabrina. Uh there are a couple of points you missed when it comes to gender one. Uh and I disagree with this one. I gotta I gotta call Sabrina out here. Little Miss Ellis on the Twitter. I gotta call her out. She says, one, who is the demographic Uh, Superhero and Star Wars movies and comics are catering to. Star Wars Rebel on Disney XD, their boy-centric channel, and all-girl cast does not work. Rebels has a couple of strong women in the cast. In fact, they've really been focused on. Hera is kind of the leader of the group. Sabine is going to be everyone's favorite because she's Mandalorian. Uh, a couple of girl in the mix is good is a good compromise for the ladies as for the new movie same thing girls can enjoy it obviously but by and large sci-fi action movies are for the fellas now see here's the thing if you take out action there and you just stick with sci-fi um and fantasy you're gonna find there's almost a 50 50 split between in the fan base so it's not so much that these things are catering to guys um it's just that there there's that there's that idea there's that mentality but i don't think um i don't think that, that 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 the that the demographic necessarily is all male anymore i do think that disney wants to snatch up that younger male demographic you know because they lose them after they get after they kind of outgrow mickey mouse and mickey's clubhouse and stuff and and they lose them because they focus so much on the princess stuff but once you swing it back around Uh, Disney XD has has been trying to do that. It is more boy-centric. They have a lot more action, superhero-type stuff on there. But the girls are into that, too. Let's not deny that. As a girl, she says, I don't want diversity for diversity's sake. I don't want to be belittled by being thrown an unmerited bone. I think that's key, and I think it's good to hear a a, a lady say that. I read an article yesterday about how all the summer movies were directed by um, white males. And she says, What is the number of white males to females and minorities? As far as I can tell... Uh, They make, with the exception of very few, Oscar-caliber and indie movies, but not summer blockbuster types. Make no mistake, there's nothing wrong with that. You spoke of it being said that Robert Orchie was given Star Trek III, even if his prior work on the franchise didn't qualify him from the job. Was a really better choice for a first-timer? I don't think so. I don't either. How does Michael Bay get a job? Well, I'm not sure. (laughs) Snark. He's an accomplished director in his own right. He's also a producer. He hasn't waited to be handed anything. He's worked his way up from directing music videos and car commercials. I'm sure plenty of hate is going to come my way and they can feel free, free to bring it. I'm at L-I-L-M-R-S Ellis. Little Miss Ellis. Now I have a bone to pick with you, Steve. Lay off a Twilight. Nope. Just like not everyone gets the see a of the things guys got over, you aren't the demo for Twilight. Nope. And 30-something guy who likes it is just a bonus. Also, the chase relationship in Twilight is a rare thing in young adult fiction. Other than your Twilight hate, I love everything you do and can't wait for Starkville Labs. Has to be a hashtag steric. And that's from Sabrina in West Virginia. I'm not laying off. The, listen, I kind of do lay off the Twilight hate. I just say this in a safe place to geek out about it. I'm not, I'm not hung up on, um, on, on hating on Twilight. I just mentioned that it's not a safe place to geek out. Chris writes in, he says, Hi, I want to know what your top ten favorite movies of all time are. Here's mine. Number ten, Toy Story. This is a favorite childhood, uh, childhood favorite of mine. As much as I love the other two, this is uh, the one that has really stuck with me the most. Number nine, Paths of Glory from 1957. This anti war film had me on the edge of my seat, wondering if Kirk Douglas's Colonel Dax would succeed in saving the lives of three wrongfully convicted soldiers during World War I. This was like the eighteen before the eighteen. In my opinion, Kirk Douglas gives the best performances of his career, which was criminally ignored by the Oscars for Best Actor. Uh, number eight, Red River. Red River! From 1948, directed by Howard Hawks. I don't know what that was, by the way. I consider this one of the best Westerns ever made, filled with plenty of action, great characters, and boasting strong performances from John Wayne and Montgomery Cliff in his film debut. Number seven, Star Wars. Episode five, The Empire Strikes Back. You can just say Empire Strikes Back. What can I say that hasn't already been said? One of the best sequel films ever made alongside with The Dark Knight, Toy Story 2, and Spider-Man 2. I gotta tell you something. I think Empire Strikes Back exceeds all of those. I don't think they're alongside those at all. I'll be talking about a 2 that's right up there with Empire today later on. Number 6, The Third Man from 1949. Wonderfully shot, brilliantly directed by Carlo Reed and a memorable soundtrack that'll stick with you long after it's done. Number five, Batman Begins. Number four, Citizen Kane. Number three, The Searchers from 1956. Number two, Lawrence of Arabia. And number one, Lord of the Rings Return of the King. This movie made me cry in the cinema. With the exception of Return of the Jedi and Toy Story 3, there's no other film that I can think of that wrapped up its story so well. This is a true masterpiece and an emotional conclusion to my favorite trilogy of all time. I, you got some interesting choices. In There's some that I've never seen. I've never seen Paths of Glory or Red River. Red River. I don't know why I do that. I've never seen The Third Man, and uh, you know what? I've never seen. Oh, I've never seen The Searchers. I've never watched Lawrence of Arabia, and I've honestly never sat and watched Citizen Kane. It's been spoiled for me. I know what Rosebud is. Okay. Um, as far as your number one being, listen, this when you start talking about favorite movies. Um, when you start talking about favorite movies, it's all subjective, you know, and you're not wrong for liking any of these and, and more power to you for liking them. The Return of the King, I, you know, I said when the Lord of the Rings trilogy finally wrapped up, the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, I said that, you know, these could be perfect movies. The, 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 these Those three films could be almost perfect movies. The most perfect I've ever seen. There was such care such painstaking care to try to get everything right and to try to do everything as as good and as, and to try to bring everyone's collective imagination who would ever spent time with these novels mm-hmm. to bring those to the screen. Um, and they're beautiful movies, all three of them. And I do love The Return of the King. I do. It's got the worst pump-up speech ever. <laughs> though not i'm not talking about Aragorn's speech at the end where he's like it not this day i'm not talking about that one i'm talking about um uh the king of rohan i can't think of his name right off the top of my hat someone in the chat help me out who was the king of rohan um he was the guy he was the one he was he was under worm tongue's kind of hypnotic spell in, in the second one theoden thank you theoden's speech to the writers um where he talk he just kind of says, basically, before they all get ready to ride out, he's like he they can't talk about they they talk about not being able to win, and he's like, um, you know, oh, how does he say it? He says, No, this is not about a battle we can win or something like that. He's like, but we will ride anyway <laughs> and I'm like, Are you serious right now' That is that really is that your is that your thing and then and then as he's is he's he's to me riders, to me today will be a red day ere the sun rises so yeah it's just a weird not not a and they all just kind of nod at him when he says that he's like but but we will fight anyway I'm like really that's because if I'm the soldier I'm like well you know you can't um mm, hmm you know, hmm no hmm no, you can't. I, that's not. That doesn't really get me pumped, King. Top 10 is hard because I have to lump in movies of franchises together in a top 10. I've got to put the Star Wars franchise at number one. That's my number one, Rocky being my number two. Uh, after that, I don't know. I, I've never really made my top 10 list. I should do that. I'll try to do that for next time. Have my top 10 uh, movies of all time. And if I don't do if I don't put those Star Wars movies all together and those Rocky movies all together, my top 10 is just going to be filled with Star Wars and Rocky movies. So, um, Chris, uh, no, I'm sorry. And finally, Nick writes in, Nick sent me a link to a couple of YouTube videos. And he says, I found this earlier tonight, knowing you love Star Wars. I was wondering what your thoughts on these two videos are. I pondered it for a while before writing you, but think your thoughts would be incredibly interesting. My next Amazon purchase will be going through your page first. That's at geekoutonline.com. Thanks for all you're doing. Sincerely, uh, he talks about Derek and I podcasting together. we got Starkville Labs coming soon. We'll talk a little bit about more of that in a minute and uh he says thanks and so here are the youtube videos the first one is called what if episode one was good now um immediately in the title uh there's a problem i have with this but anyhow um let me wait let me see if i can pull this up appropriately sorry take it things are sorry for the delay here uh there's an ad playing on the youtube the question is what if star wars episode one were good and i'm you know i'm gonna play you as long as i got i'm gonna play you the extent to which i got through this video and uh and let you hear it here here we go
1: what if episode one was good like really good what if I were a story exec at Fox and George Lucas came to me and was like, this is the film I'm directing. And I was like, no, let, let's go through this right now and let's see all the points that work and don't work. And I'm going to rework it right now with you.
0: So, he- Okay, first of all, that's, a, that's as far as I got, okay? Straight up, serious business. That's as far as I got in this thing. And quite frankly, screw that guy. Whoever he is, screw him. I, I hated to even give him... A youtube view on this thing because um because screw this guy all right uh I screw him he's it's ridiculous that he would um even come out with this idea of what if episode one was good how about this episode one was good how about that how about episode one was a good movie And how about this? He's like, what if I were a Fox story exec and Lucas came to me and said, this is the film I'm directing? Well, guess what? Fox just distributed the film. They didn't have control over the story. They were like, hey, you're doing more Star Wars? Great. Let's put it out there. And they made a butt ton of money because they did so. There's a reason that Disney paid $4 billion for Lucasfilm. There's a reason for it. And these guys want to come in and be like, well, what if episode one was good? Well, it was good. Did you like it? P- Apparently not. And then he goes off with the same old trite crap about there's no main character. Sure there is. You want to know who the main character of episode one is? The main character of episode one is Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon Jinn is the main um, main character of episode one. Obi-Wan, a, a very close supporting actor. Okay from there we roll into qui-gon's story of finding anakin and the story of anakin develops from there through episode two and into episode three you want to know who the main character of episode two was anakin and obi-wan those were the main characters you want to hit episode three who are the main characters anakin and obi-wan anakin particularly but this guy starts out with that same old mess and i'm telling you straight up get over yourself everybody If you can do as good or better than George Lucas, then by God, go out and do it. Go do what he did. If you're so stinking smart, if you're so stinking intelligent, if you're so good at doing that, then just go do it. Quit talking about someone else's work. Quit talking about how bad it is and how horrible it is and how everything. Then just go do it. I'm sick and tired of hearing people talk about, well, I don't like the prequels. They're stupid. The prequels are dumb. They're just, they're not good. No, they're Star Wars. The prequels are Star Wars, and you cannot get away from that. I'm sorry. You don't like Star Wars? Fine. That's your business. You don't like how the prequels are done? Fine. That's your business. But what in the world do you have? What, what gives you the right to go online like some kind of... Like, you're the first person to ever do this. What about that... Let me tell you how good Star Wars, the prequels, are. The prequels are so good that this messed up red-letter media spent six hours talking about them. Talking about how bad they are. Ugh! No one else has ever done that. No one else has ever criticized the prequels. No one else has ever said, what if they were good, though? No one else has ever sat around and do that. That's my reaction to this, Nick. That's, that's, I'm not mad at Nick for sending me these things. I'm mad at these people for making these things. And they've got a what if episode two was good as well. Nick says, I hope you find them as interesting and cool as I did. I don't. I don't. I, I. Now listen, maybe he flips it around at the end and says they are good. Maybe he does that. I didn't give him enough time because I don't want to sit here and sit through the same junk again. <sighs> it ticks me right off. It ticks me right off because I'm just, it's, it's, it's tired. It's played out. It, it, it's completely played out. It's been 15 years since the release of The Phantom Minutes in theaters. 15 years. That movie was released in May. It got a re-release in November. I saw that movie 17 times in the theater that year. 17 times I went back and watched that movie. That doesn't include the times that I was watching something else and I walked over to The Phantom Menace just to kind of poke my head in and see where it was at in the movie. How about that? What am I? Am I an idiot because I like The Phantom Menace? No, I'm not. And I refuse to be called an idiot. I got into it with a a, a writer, a a professional writer on Twitter one time because he was all hating on the prequels. I'm like, you know, you stop it right now. I wanted to hit him in the face with a newspaper. Stop it. No. Because uh, why? Why waste your time and energy? The only thing I can say to you is, is if you can do it better, if you can do something better, if you can do something similar better than what George Lucas did, it go do it. Have fun blow me away blow me away with something other than your freaking snark about something that you think you could do better if I were a story exec at Fox well guess what you're not you're a YouTube wannabe you're, a com- you're someone who thinks he's a comedian or has some kind of commentary on pop culture that people find interesting and engaging and you don't you're not good enough to go out... Listen, you know why I sit behind a microphone and criticize people on YouTube? Because I'm not good enough to go make my own YouTube videos. You know why I sit behind a microphone and just talk about the stuff that I love? Because I'm not good enough to go make the stuff that I love. I'm good enough to do this. And if I'm going to talk about something, if I'm going to criticize something, then then I'm going to try to make sure that my my thoughts and my... And my and, 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 and the criticisms that I give are well thought out and thought through and thought about and not just regurgitating whatever the other people have been saying who didn't have a clue anyway. I can't get off this. I got to find some happiness. <sighs> mm. Okay. Okay. And that wraps up our emails <laughs> that does it that does it for the email section for the email portion of our of our show <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I tell you what like, uh, Alicia in the chat said go to my happy place and I am about to go to my happy place Earlier this week, I had the distinct honor of interviewing uh, Chris Conley, wide receiver for the Georgia Bulldogs. He's coming up on his senior year this year. He was involved in directing a fan film called Star Wars Retribution. It hit Vimeo, and it made a big splash with the press because uh, especially in in college football in in Athens and Georgia, it was a big deal because a Georgia player was doing something. Uh, But Chris took the time to... To come on the show with us, and so uh, let's get to that interview right now. <laughs> If you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know that there are two huge loves in my life when it comes to how I'm entertained and what I enjoy, and that is uh, Star Wars, of course, which I've said is the foundation of my geekdom, and UGA football, which has been with me since I was born in Athens back in 1977. And uh, a while back, these two worlds collided with the with our guest now, Chris Conley, uh, one of the leading wide receivers for the Dogs last year, and And going to be a lead dog, excuse the pun, this coming year Has created a film, Star Wars Retribution And he did it around the campus of UGA And we're glad to have him here Chris, welcome to Geek Out Loud, sir
1: Thank you, thank you for having me
0: Um, It's not often that you hear Especially because I grew up kind of the geek kid You know, I grew up the the Star Wars fan Even when there wasn't Star Wars around Because I remember the times when there was no Star Wars You know, being a little bit older than you um y- you never really heard the football players getting into the Star Wars. How did you get into Star wars man growing up
1: um, well you know initially i wasn't a football player uh, initially I was just uh just a kid and uh you know before I started playing sports, my dad uh got us into uh, Star Wars by watching the movies. Uh, my brother and I got into it in the video games and read some of the books and once you get into that extended universe beyond the movies, you're kind of sucked in to something that you don't really let go of. Um, That's right. And I, I guess that that stayed with me, and I gravitated uh, towards that even now, even now when I'm in college. So,
0: yeah. Um, now, you, would, was your first exposure to the movies on video, or was it because you're you're what 23,
1: 24? Uh, 21. Okay. Oh wow! 24.
0: So you're you're really young. Um, you. Uh, so so your first exposure to the movies was on like vhs probably or, or dvd
1: yeah yeah it was uh it was uh you know vhs then wow it's crazy to think that i watched those um <laughs> but uh it was on vhs you know watching uh four five and six and then also when i was a kid uh one two and three were starting to come out yeah uh so you know it just all the more uh, i was immersed into that universe and and into uh, what Star Wars was and what it could be.
0: Yeah, well, see, to my older generation of fans, you're that new generation that was kind of introduced on the big screen via the prequels, via the via Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones and and Revenge of the Sith. And do, how do you feel those films stand up, having been introduced to them more on the big screen and the others, you know, on on the TV screen? How do you feel the the prequels stand up to the original trilogy?
1: Uh, They're definitely different. Uh, You can tell there's been a time lapse in in the way that they were made. Um, But, uh, you know, being introduced to those on the big screen and being so young, I'm not one of those people who looks at those movies and bashes them. Right, right. Um, I think think they have their place, and I think that story needed to be told. uh, Were there things they could have done better? Yes. But, um, you know, I'm still a fan. Uh, Out of those three, you know, Revenge of the Sith is obviously, uh, in my mind, the best and and my favorite. Uh, It's it's vital to you know see that tipping point in the force and and what happens mm-hmm. uh with Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader um so i am I'm, I'm a fan of those movies um do i think 4 5 and 6 are are awesome yes i do um but i'll i'll always be a fan of episode 3 i was
0: i was your age and i sound like an old man i was your age when i saw episode 1 in the theaters back in 99 and I just remember coming out of that theater and we went to go grab a bite to eat. The friends and I went to see it and we grabbed some straws and were like lightsaber fighting like we were kids again. I just absolutely loved episode one and I was so shocked as I started to get on the internet and as the internet began to explode the way it did there in the late nineties and people were hating on it. I just, I'm like, what do you mean? You know, Darth Maul, Jedi, it's awesome. You know, and, um, And each subsequent movie had something, you know, for me the same way. So uh, I'm not one of those old school fans that hate the prequels. I'm one of those old school fans that yells at people that hate the prequels. And I'm like, you shut up right now. You don't talk bad about those (laughs) things. Um, Well, you Retribution, man. I've watched this thing five five or six times since, since someone alerted me to it the other week. And I just... You you filmed it on campus there at UGA. Some of the most awesome stuff. I thought I, things I never thought I wanted to see, but I do see. Was right down on the you know on the field at Sanford Stadium, a lightsaber battle taking place right there on the Big G. I'm just like, this is amazing. This is everything I've ever yeah, wanted definitely. in life, and never realized it. How did how did this idea come about?
1: Um, quite honestly, it was just an idea that I had in my dorm room uh, about uh, seven months ago. Uh, and, and I just was thinking, you know, watching some videos on YouTube, you know, it'd be great if we could film a lightsaber to do I was watching a lot of them and I was like, golly, we can do better than this. <laughs> I can think of stuff better than that. And, um, you know, I just decided to do it. And then uh, once the word got out that we were gonna shoot something like that involving Star Wars, we got a lot of feedback saying that we should do something big. Um, and, you know, it initially was just a video. And then when reporters started writing on it, it said film and hmm. we hadn't planned on doing a film, it was just gonna be like a duel. Right. Um and it kinda of blew up and so we're like, no, we might as well do a film and so I uh wrote a script, uh, we casted those actors and we created this story, um, this kind of alternate universe that exists at U G A.
0: I love the idea that the it, it it to me watching it's like the Empire has invaded Earth like they finally made it from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away to now, and for whatever reason, their point of invasion is is the hollowed grounds of u g a and exactly and here and here come the defenders to to fight back and it just it it's so cool to see you know places that I'm familiar with. And, and places to any to any fan of UGA at all, or, you know, and, and who've been on campus and that sort of thing, that we just, we love these places. We hold them in high esteem, and, and it's just so, so cool. Did you have members of the 501st involved? Because there was a lot of different, you know, you had your stormtroopers, you had imperial officers, you had Mandalorians, for crying out loud. Did you get some of these costuming groups involved?
1: Yeah, we um, actually had uh, quite a few people from the 501st Atlanta Garrison, uh, come over uh in the Athens garrison, we also had uh Mandalorian Mercs from uh Nas clan, which is uh the Georgia southeast region. We had some of those mandos come from alabama oh to wow. uh, uh, to be involved in this and uh, you know they brought brought all of their toys with them and it was a great time you know getting to to work with them and and to you know coach them and to you know looking realistic and being those characters on screen. It was it was a fun time.
0: Now, when when people think of you, they think of, you know, you know, casual or just football fans, they think of wide receiver, you know, 45 receptions last year, 651 yards. They think of all these things. And but I'm watching this thing and and you're listed as the director of retribution is directing something that you're you're wanting to get into is that kind of, you know, is that what, what you hope to maybe do one day, or is this just something you decided to do one time, one and out?
1: Well, you know, initially it was something that I just decided to do. You know, I've done video projects and things before, uh, but originally nothing on this scale uh, and to this magnitude. And, and in the process of writing and, and filming, uh, you know, scripting and storyboarding, blocking, working with people and capturing those ideas and thoughts on filming, seeing it unfold, I, I really enjoy this. Uh, so much, and the people I was working with enjoyed working with me so um when we release uh, the full film and I get the feedback from it uh you know I definitely want to move forward and, and shoot something else, uh whether it be Star Wars or whether it be something else I want to explore uh the options that come with this, and I'd like to to continue doing it if possible
0: that's it's it's really cool it, it's it's all Star Wars seems to be for a lot of people. An entry point into that world of filmmaking whether it's on the effects side or the storytelling side or the directing side of things um just because it seems to open up so much you know because it's not just a science fiction thing there's the fantasy element there's the whole just the just the straight up old school good versus evil and um in this case you could definitely tell just from watching the trailer the retribution trailer you could definitely tell that there is um there's a passion behind you know what's what's happening and what's going on so when you talk about doing a full on film the the trailer for retribution isn't the fan film because a lot of people make these fan films and i'm using my quote fingers for that and it ends up just being like the 2 minute trailer or whatever you've got a you've got a fuller a, or a longer i should say fan film coming that is this that this was literally the trailer for
1: yes that was literally the trailer um for the whole film it's a short film um, and it's 30 minutes long, mm-hmm. and uh, we will be releasing that um, very soon. Uh, we're we're in the final stages of finishing right now; we are about 95 percent done, um, and we're in talks with some uh, local theaters figuring out how we're going to premiere um, and and go about that. You know, got to struggle with uh, compliance and the NCAA a little bit to see what we can and can't do. Right, um, but we would like to. Um, be able to uh, show this film and also um, you know find a way so we can raise money for another one
0: yeah well uh, once it's once it's out there I hope you're able to get it out online somehow because I would love to see it I, I'm telling you this oh, yeah, thing just got be, me so jazzed
1: on yeah
0: cool, yeah, cool. Account. Um, back to Star Wars real fast do you have a favorite Star Wars film
1: uh, favorite film Yes. Yeah uh i can say uh my favorite of uh of the first three is definitely uh was the sixth mm-hmm. and and of the um you know the last three i would have to say oof, empire strikes back
0: yeah that seems to be the one a lot of folks go to is is the empire yeah I'm uh I'm 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 a Jedi guy all the way. I'm Return of the Jedi. That's <laughs> nice. it's been my favorite for the longest time and I just everything's wrapped up. And uh and you know, a lot of what we know about Vader that we kind of project on him in Empire we get from Return of the Jedi. And yeah. and so it it just it rounds out that series so much so well and with the prequels tacked on to me it just makes that movie so much better. Now there is another Star Wars connection at UGA and you know this, um, Mace Windu, Sam Jackson, a graduate of UGA. He shows up sometimes at games and everything. Have you ever had a chance to meet him?
1: Um, well, uh, briefly. Yeah. Briefly, he's shown up to practice before uh, when, we're, when we're doing football. It's not like we've had time to go over and, you know, uh, have a conversation or anything, but it's been kind of a, you know, waving high on your way out to do a hitting practice right, kind of thing, right? Right. Um, and he's been down on the sideline before games and such, um, so it's not extensive meeting, but right. he's been around. He's been around a couple times. So
0: you haven't had a chance to be like, "Hey, Mace, I need you in my film Retribution."
1: No, I actually uh, tweeted at him and uh, told him that he needed to come out and uh, be a part of it. Uh, <laughs> you know, didn't get a response, but you know uh No is only a delayed yes there you go <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe on a future project
0: well he's from from for all intents and purposes everything i've ever heard about him he's such a cool guy and uh and dude he's a he's u g a alum and a big dog fan, so surely we can get him there sometime we'll just we'll just get all of our different audiences um tweeting at him to get in touch with you to come do the next thing.
1: That sounds good to me. That's what that's
0: yep. what that's what will do for you, man. That's, that's, um, shifting gears here. I love the wars. I love Star Wars. And let me ask you this real quick before we get out of Star Wars. Did you did you have a chance to watch any of the Clone Wars animated series? Were you that into it?
1: Yeah, I'm actually watching it right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm on. I've been going through uh, the seasons. I'm on season two. Oh, okay, um, and I've been going through um, all of them. Uh, trying to watch them from front to back. I've seen some of the uh, later, later episodes. I'm mm-hmm. trying to watch it from front to back completely, and I yeah. enjoy it a lot.
0: It's it's really well done. It gets so much better as as the seasons go on. Um, so you've not seen any of that sixth season that's just on Netflix.
1: Um,
0: I think
1: I have. I've seen some of it. I've yeah. not seen all of it. Okay. I'm trying not to watch it yet. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I, I have
1: seen some.
0: I, I will tell you this, man. Some of the best Star Wars you've ever seen takes place at the tail end of that sixth season there on Netflix, and so you, you've got some good stuff to look forward to, my friend.
1: Oh, I can't wait coming
0: down the pipe. It is, it is some of, and that's, and like I say, that's from an old school fan that I, that, as you watch. But uh, do you have a, do you have a favorite episode so far of what you've of what you've seen?
1: Ah, uh, I don't know if I can single one out yeah. yet. Just yet. I think I need to watch some more. And then I can then I can pick that. You know, I've I've been enjoying uh, you know the rematch of, mm-hmm. of Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul. Oh and, uh, yes, and Savage. <laughs> uh, yes. You know that's been it's been great. Uh, and then just some of the backstory you get to follow um, with Ventress and, mm-hmm. and, and Dooku, uh, different characters that you don't get to see that much of in in the movies on the big screen. You get to really see, you know, and from watching the movies. Uh, you could, you know, look at Dooku and be like, oh, he was a wimp. Uh, and then you look at the Clone Wars and you realize this guy was no one to be messed with. No,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: It really, it really makes you appreciate how much and how far Anakin came over that period of time. Yes. Uh, the point where he could defeat him so easily.
0: Yes. It re- yeah. When he says, my powers have doubled, it means something. You know, and you can see yeah. that throughout throughout the Clone Wars, for sure. For sure. Are you So you're more into the Jedi... Sith kind of thing than the clones kind of thing.
1: Uh I'm into I'm into a lot of it, into all of it, but it, yeah, you know, I'm I, I some part of my head believe that I am a Jedi, so uh, you know.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I was doing I was doing research to kind of talk to you and make sure I had all my facts straight on you and everything and and, and you Google and all of a sudden there's a picture of you, I, I wanna say it was at the uh at, at a gym dogs competition. And you were Jedi'd out, man. You had the robes and everything.
1: Yep. Uh, we had that uh, going in. A really great friend of mine, Noel Couch, She was an All-American uh, gymnast. She Her floor routine was to Star Wars music. Oh, wow. And and that was the first week that she was competing with that music. And they were going up against top-ranked Alabama. Mm. Uh, and so you know, I went and was down there, first row, and everybody was like, why is there... A- a Jedi, and I had a clone trooper with me, had one of my friends dressed in a clone trooper map. Nice. Um, And so they were like, highly Star Wars guys here. And as soon as the Star Wars music started playing the main title, like the opening theme, everyone in the whole stadium turned and looked at me, because I was raising my lightsaber above my head, you know, in that classic uh, uh, Luke Skywalker pose. Yes. And uh, (laughs) it was just epic. It was epic. And, uh, you know they ended up winning they beat alabama that day yeah so i did. think that i did my job
0: yes yeah you did you know, what now you what what lightsaber were you pimping there was that a mace windu master replica
1: no it was actually um it was a custom lightsaber that okay. i had um, from ultra Sabers, and uh it was just a blue, blue lightsaber okay
0: the picture uh, made it look the picture made the blade look purple and i and so i looked down at the hilt, and it had that smooth kind of mace-looking hilt. I'm really letting my geek fly. I apologize for that. but um Yeah, I know what you're
1: talking about. <laughs> it's, got the little, it's got the little gold rivets in it, and that can be, that can kind of look a little bit like mace. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that, I mean, dude, like, that's the thing. It's like, I'm, as I'm digging into, okay, this guy did a Star Wars fan film. Obviously, he's a fan, you know, I, I, this guy. Like, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, wait a minute, he's dressing up in freaking Jedi robes, carrying a lightsaber to a gym dogs competition
1: <laughs>
0: yeah he's into this stuff man and then and then i'm so let me tell you it's so refreshing to hear that you're watching through the clone wars right now it's just like because <laughs> a lot of guys you talk to that that are fans are like yeah i didn't really care to watch that it was more of a cartoon kind of thing so i thought i was too grown up for it but um but as you get deep into that series man there is some Ah, uh, gosh! It's just it is some great Star Wars. It really kind of explores like the whole nature of the Force and and everything that was in Lucas's mindset and that sort of thing.
1: I I, I agree completely. Uh, there's too much story there to just leave it and not like learn it. Uh, it's something that interests me so much. I had to watch it. Yeah. Especially when I saw the first couple episodes uh, when it was on TV. I saw episodes. but I couldn't watch it all the time. I was sure. Like, such a great show, and then when it came out on Netflix, it was, it was just perfect. It's the perfect thing to watch. There's a lot of shows, and uh, you know it sucks you in, and you yep. literally don't want to get up. You just want to keep watching episode after episode.
0: Yeah, it's 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 well that first episode, the the first technical episode that aired on TV way back, in, in that first season called Ambush, which was very Yoda centric, where it's him and the yeah. three clones. On, the, I was like, if this is what we're gonna get from this show, I'm 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 in. You know, take my money, take my time, whatever, you know, I'll 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 get on board with this thing. And and it only got better from there. They had a few missteps here and there. There are a few that are kind of like, well, okay. But for the most part, they're just it is a phenomenal, phenomenal series. What about episodes seven, eight, and nine coming out? The the, the cast, the original cast from, from Star Wars and Empire and Jedi coming back. Um <clears throat> how are you how are you feeling about that stuff going on?
1: Uh, you know, my initial thoughts are that Disney's smart enough not to mess it up. Um, yes. And that's the way I'm going to play that. I'm not going to say that Disney's going to knock it out of the park. I'm saying that they are smart enough and they have the resources not to mess it up.
0: Yes.
1: Um, so with that in mind, uh, I'm excited to see uh, what they do. I'm excited to see what J.J. Uh, J. Abrams does with this. And I think he's also smart enough to make it not look like Star Trek. Right, um, right and uh and I, I'm looking forward to a good movie
0: yes indeed indeed I it when the when the picture was released of the of the cast online you know and they announced them officially they had that black and white picture of those guys at a table reading and it just felt like something that as a kid I would walk by a magazine rack and see in a star log magazine or a cinemascape magazine and um back in the day and and it's just the the the, the marketing or the uh, not the marketing, but the the news that's getting released from this just feels very old school to me, and it's just so much fun. And it and it I'm really looking forward to it, and looking forward to what they have for us, especially with that original cast returning. It's going to be interesting, and knowing that they've kind of they've stepped away and said, "Don't expect to see anything that you've read in the expanded universe here." You know, we're going to do our own story, and and uh, I think it's going to be be really cool. So a um, couple of other things getting away from getting away from star wars just a little bit as i as i've said and as i told you in some of our emails a huge dog fan and uh man last year you guys took us all on an emotional roller coaster and i'm sure it was worse for you uh because you guys were in the thick of it as far as just the games and that sort of thing and uh but offensively man on your side of the ball you guys just seem to be kicking on all four cylinders and and things are going great now there's been you know several guys leave of course Aaron Murray's gone you got Hudson Mason coming up and looking like he's going to be leading the team this year from the QB position um what what are what can we expect gosh the schedule coming up for you guys is so stinking hard man I mean you open with Clemson and then it's just like the one-two punch two weeks later South Carolina and then You know, and then it's just like I'm looking at this. I'm like, these guys don't catch a break throughout the entire 2014 season. Um, You know what's happening now? To obviously, you know, the game's not won. The week of, you guys are prepping and and talking and thinking about it way out uh, as far as the season goes. Um, How are you feeling about this coming season?
1: I'm feeling great. Um, I think a lot of the things you just said. Um, were sentiments that were echoed last year mm-hmm. um, going into the season and a lot of doubts and question marks that people had looking at our schedule last year. And uh, quite honestly, once we got into um, games and, and playing week to week, um, an opponent is a opponent. Uh, and there's going to be 11 guys on the field at one time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we play great football teams. That's what the SEC is. Yes. And um, these schools are very talented, but I also believe that Georgia is very talented. Um, and that Georgia needs to take the fight to them. So I'm excited about this season. I'm I'm ready for the challenge, and you know it's my last one, so I'm ready to go.
0: Yeah. Well, you know I I tell you I'm I'm biased, of course, being a dog fan, but also being an SEC fan. Um, it just seems like in in recent years in the East, um, you know Vanderbilt, who back in the day you know used to kind of be that that team in the east that everyone would look at and be like okay well that's going to be kind of an almost an off week but not anymore man they they've just gotten stronger and stronger as the years have gone by and and it seems like that's the case for everyone in the east so even in our division it's it's not you don't catch a break man you you got to go hard week to week to week and um it's like a it, i've heard it said it's like a season long playoff you know because everyone is that good and uh, and I'm telling you, just what we've seen in the past couple of years offensively from you guys, and and everything is so good. And and um and I know there's been some changes made on the defensive side of the ball and that sort of thing. I'm looking forward to it. There's nothing like a Saturday, uh in in Athens, to be honest with you. It's just a it's a, it's a great feeling, and um and you know to me there's always been a Star Wars connection anyway because uh. You know, when you're holding up fours, going in that fourth quarter, and even during warm-ups, when they start playing that Krypton fanfare, that's John Williams, man. And I'm like, that's... Exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I know. We're like, we're the only ones who know that. <laughs> I was like, what is this from? I'm like, come on, man. John Williams is the man. Yeah, that's we're Superman, that. bro. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: Well, man, I tell you, I I don't want to take too much of your time. I just want to tell you, I wish you the best and and looking forward to seeing what you're doing with Retribution, Star Wars Retribution, and uh, it's going to be released on Vimeo as soon as it's done. And, of course, all the press will be all over it because they jumped on that thing quickly. But uh, it's just exciting to know. And, dude, I'll say this just from a personal standpoint you've got a great reputation just everywhere you look and, and see anything about chris conley man it's it's nothing but good stuff and it's just great to have someone up there um you know leading the team with so you know and it's been kind of consistent that way though since coach rick has come in that you know most of you guys just have great reputations on the field and off the field and um, too many times people kind of gripe and complain when things don't necessarily go the right way but i just want to let you know that that we're rooting for you. We've got your back and, and appreciate all that you do.
1: Thank you. I appreciate
0: it. Um, well, Chris Conley, thanks again for joining us and uh, take care, bro. All right. You too. All right, man. Well,
1: we're- I'm Bo and I'm bell and we want you to check out flash TV Talk. Flash TV Talk is your source for news, reviews, and spoilers for the upcoming CW show, The Flash. But wait, there's more. Every week we get hyped with discussion and commentary on The Flash and his previous TV incarnations, including Smallville, Justice, Justice. League Unlimited, Flashpoint Paradox, Young, Young Justice. Justice, and more. Accelerate your fandom with the... Search for us on iTunes or find us online at flashtvtalk.potistery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y.com
0: whoa had to turn my mic up terrible podcaster that's me I, man i'm an idiot i'm sitting there listening to that interview i'm like man i'm stupid i'm just an idiot but anyhow a couple of quick snippets before we get into the thing shield the marvel agents of shield season finale was last week at the time of this recording. they got me i'm in i'll, I'll be there for season two and for no other reason they pulled out what i know is colson's revenge that's the big gun he used in avengers and he's like i know what it does um that uh i know that is colson's revenge from playing marvel's avengers alliance on playdom.com and then they shut that down so yeah, stupid idiots but anyhow uh, the fury and colson banter was banter was great The fact that they wrapped up the conflict and there was that great moment spoiler alert when you thought they were about to kind of show where we're headed in season two or the threat we're going to have to deal with and it's immediately taken care of it was just really um it was such a well-done finale for everything that they've been through and gone through and um it's going to be interesting to see see where things go especially with the fact that season two is going to take place in between uh the the final movie of the cinematic universe's phase two before avengers 2 and avengers 2 it's going to take place between guardians of the galaxy and avengers 2 so they're not going to have a they shouldn't have a season that's 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 messed up by um by what takes place in avengers they could actually lead right into uh, the Avengers 2 uh, Age of Ultron so I'm really looking forward uh, to seeing what they have going on um, bring in Kobe Smulders and more Maria Hill uh, uh, Pat Oswalt showing up that was a weird situation I'm not sure what he's supposed to be but that'll be cool um, and so it's going to be interesting what they do with no with no movie affecting the entirety of season 2 it's going to be really interesting to see where they go so um we'll we'll see what's happening speaking of marvel stuff this was released this week it's the guardians of the galaxy official trailer it's the second one and it's it's really cool this may be the wrong one it's not
1: Cool man. No, problem. Nope, that's no it. Problem at all. Who are you?
0: That's the wrong trailer. Wrong trailer. Daggum it! Stupid Steve. Get your <laughs> get your get your videos right. For the love of Pete, man! You're a horrible podcaster. Why does anyone listen? Here we go. This was released this week. <laughs>
1: I come from Earth, a planet of outlaws. My name is Peter Quill. There's one other name you might know me by. Star-Lord. Who? Star-Lord, man, legendary outlaw. Guys? Forget it. A thief, two thugs, an assassin, and a maniac. But we're not going to stand by as evil wipes out the galaxy. I guess we're stuck together. Partners.
0: Are you telling me the fate of 12 billion people is in the hands of these criminals? Oh,
1: yeah. I look around, you know what I see? Losers. But life's giving us a chance. To do what? Something good, something bad, a bit of both. Oh, what the hell, I don't got that long a lifespan anyway. They call
0: themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy. This might not be the best idea. I'm telling you what, man. It looks like classic uh just science fiction it's marvel it's it's so cool doc Zan asks if the green lady is she hulk no um the green lady is oh my lanta i forget her name um i'm i'm blanking i'm even blanking on the bad guy i didn't realize he was going to be and i thought the bad guy was just going to be um uh karen gillian's character i had no idea um who uh that that he was going to be there and I can't think of his name I feel like it's Ronan but that can't be that can't be right that can't that that doesn't seem correct let me real quick let me let me run through this Gamora Zoe Zaldana is playing Gamora the green lady um yeah Ronan the accuser is is who that is and that's huge guys that's like some Kree stuff that's you know i heard that the Cree weren't going to be able to be in this because of x or in this in the marvel cinematic universe that is done by marvel studios because of contractual obligations with the x-men stuff i don't know it's really crazy but I, i'm telling you straight up um oh Cree is in the mcu that's awesome then that's good andy letting us know that Cree is not is not under contract to fox so that's really good that'll work out great i'm i'm when i saw that and i saw the look of him y'all he looks like he stepped off the comic book page he looks like he stepped off he he looks like he came right off of the comic book page ronan the accuser is a bad guy (laughs) in uh in the marvel comics let me uh let me pull up uh, the old wiki uh page here because I've seen him in a few things. I'm I can't claim to be like the biggest Ronan the Accuser fan of all time. I'm not I'm not saying that I know him personally. I'm just saying that I I know of him because he he was involved with the Fantastic 4, some. And I was a huge Fantastic 4 fan back in the day reading comics when I was reading comics. I was reading a lot of Fantastic 4. I loved Fantastic 4. Um and he tied in because of the kree scroll war with with Captain Marvel and that sort of thing um he uh he was he's a kree he is given um he's basically kind of like an executioner almost uh the the supreme intelligent appointed him the supreme accuser of the kree empire and he's simply Ronan the accuser he he's he's just a bad dude man He's a bad bad dude. Where is he in the trailer? He's the guy with uh he's the guy with the with the hammer axe thing. He like he's the one they keep showing when they're talking about bad dudes coming up. He's kind of got like a I don't know, he's got his head covered up and everything and he's just it's really cool. I'm really excited. Um They call themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy. That's my that's my John C. Riley. Anyhow, so I'm I'm stoked. I'm I, it, it, Groot sounds right. Rocket Raccoon sounds great. It looks right, and I'm really looking forward to this film in August. I'm really wondering though if it's going to tie into Avengers two or three because it is. It, it, I don't. We had Thanos at the end of Avengers, in, in the first little coda, you saw Thanos, and Thanos is that typical. I expect to see... I expect to see him in Avengers 2. Now I expect to see him in Avengers 3 since they're doing the Ultron thing in 2. And so I really wonder if this is going to tie in more to Avengers 2 or 3 or if we've got our Avengers tie-in with Captain America Winter Soldier and we're kind of done. You know? I'm, I'm, Or if it's just... Or if they're going to rely on S.H.I.E.L.D. to lead up to Avengers 2. I mean, because I think the whole idea of Marvel Agent S.H.I.E.L.D. it'd be a great way to fill in into and to, and filling gaps and kind of get us prepped and see kind of what happens leading into avengers 2 i think it'd be really interesting to use it that way with and i think it'd be really super interesting to use guardians just to tie into avengers 3 but i don't know i don't know what to expect or, or what's going on um <clears throat> snippet arrow season finale has has come and gone as well and uh it was intense man it was it was that this whole second half or the whole really last three episodes three or four episodes of arrow were very very intense it's crazy what they're doing on that show and uh in the fact they've already brought in checkmate with amanda waller and all this other stuff and some of the characters they brought in and with that came the debut of the fat flash teaser and then that five minute long flash trailer that we had emailed about earlier uh here's the thing Uh, Derek and I are going to be getting together on Starkville Labs. You can check it out at StarkvilleLabs.com. We're on Twitter, at Starkville Labs. There's a Facebook page coming soon, uh, and we'll be recording our first episode of Starkville Labs very soon where we kind of break down and talk about both of those trailers, the teaser and the trailer. But we've got the feel of the show. We know what's going to be coming with The Flash. Um, I'm on board with Arrow. I'm on board with Flash. This season of Arrow really turned me around. I still have some issues with the fact you can't erase the fact that he was killing people willy-nilly in the first season and i know he's turned around from that i know he's changed but you can't get away from the fact that as a vigilante he was going out killing people who had no uh due process so you know it's uh it's it is what it is but i'm i'm digging it. it it's something that it's it's weekly uh it's weekly reading snippet we've got some star wars rumors star wars uh there was a rumor i read online earlier this week that the original trilogy is going to be released on blu-ray and dvd in its unaltered form that people are hearing those kind of rumblings now this is without the special edition stuff in it and that sort of thing and and this and i'm not going to get on another rant but i will say this that when you watch the unaltered version of those movies when you watch the unspecialized for for people like me there's a certain level of nostalgia. Those are the movies that I fell in love with in that form. Those are the movies that, I, that stayed with me for 18 years of my life, 19 years, 20 years, really, of my life before the special editions came around. Um, but when you see, I, I just I think that what they did with Cloud City is one of those things, one of those changes that I never hear anyone complain about. I never hear anyone gripe about, oh, well, Cloud City, does it look like Cloud City anymore? No, I think everyone's just like, that's pretty amazing that they opened it up that way and that they took the time to get the lighting right and do all this stuff. Uh, <clears throat> I've never heard anyone complain about the last uh, battle of Yavin on, on Star Wars. I've never heard anyone gripe about, well, those ships look too real and they're doing too many cool maneuvers. I've never heard that. You hear people gripe. They want it all back because of Greedo shooting first and because of a couple of musical numbers. And that's fine. Look, that's fine. I miss Laptineck Neck and I miss Yub Nub as well. But I... I You know, the problem I have with this news is is that they're acting like Disney's going to strip away everything that's been done in the past 17 years and and completely retcon everything. too. they're talking about the prequels being retconned. This is the rumor. And I got news for you. If they do that, then they're making a big mistake. Uh, and that gets me back to my prequel stuff earlier. So I don't think... I think that's just fanboys being fanboys. I think that's just people on the internet being people on the internet. Uh, an original trilogy unaltered to Blu-ray and DVD could be cool though, uh, but I think it'll really show, I think a Blu-ray version of an unaltered special, of, of an unaltered original trilogy will really show the flaws in a hardcore you've got to doctor those things up regardless that's the thing, you can't do in a high definition world you can't put those films out without um, unaltering them, so um, you know There you go. Anyhow. Uh, And finally, snippet. Star Wars Weekends is coming up. That's the abbreviated schedule at geekoutonline.com for recording this week. Uh, I'll be there with Rebel Force Radio. We're going to be down at Hollywood Studios. And if you're going to be down that way, we'll have the first ever Rebel Force Radio Disney Star Wars Weekends meetup. It's going to happen around 2.15 at the streets of America there uh, near the car show thing. I forget what that's called um but that's going to be happening that friday at two fifteen, and uh and, and it's just going to be real casual just kind of meet and greet they're going to be handing out some rebel force radio magnets that sort of thing so if you're down that way come see us come say hello uh the rest of that weekend i have no idea what's going to be going on for me i am going to be at the beck and call of the rebel force radio crew and um i'm hoping to get some movies and i've not seen amazing spider-man 2 i've not seen godzilla and uh apparently x-men is coming out uh this weekend and so maybe i'll get around to see that i don't know um but uh there is a there is a one or two places i hope to get to while i'm down there in orlando and a couple of people i know that i want to say hello to uh down that way but um but if you're down there if you're going to be down there let me know it's going to be be good times hanging out uh just chilling especially at disney star wars weekends um as we're down as we're down there so that's going to wrap it up for our snippets let's get into what we came here or what i came here to really talk about So, this past weekend, um, I took the time and I went back and I watched uh, all six Rocky movies. The the Rocky saga, if you will. I have hurt my wrist, ladies. I've done something to my wrist. I'm like Mason Dixon in Rocky Balboa. I've done something to my wrist. Um, but, uh, yeah, I went back and watched it because, as I've said time and time again, this is my favorite franchise after star wars if there were no star wars rocky would be my star wars i completely 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 love the rocky series um it is in my estimation it is as flawless to me as star wars is flawless now there are a lot of people who when you start talking rocky they want to do the 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 obligatory thing that people you know when people talk star wars like well i really love star wars now the prequels weren't so good. they feel like they have to say that with the rocky series people go i love rocky one well, of the fifth one wasn't so great and i i defy that i i cannot stand when people do that either you love the rocky series or you don't um <clears throat> i have a hard time just uh i have a hard time just just not uh just just hating on anything that is rocky i i love i love those movies i love everything about them um it it, it it's on my notes i have walk through them and talk about their greatness so let's do that (laughs) let's just walk through the rocky films and talk about their greatness the first rocky is fantastic i was talking to someone i was talking to my sister-in-law the other day um yesterday in fact because i'd I'd watched the films over the weekend um again and and she'd asked what i did i'm like i sat around and watched rocky And uh, I said, have you ever watched any of the Rocky movies? And she's like, no, I don't think I'd like them. I'm like, you'd love them. They're not fight movies. And that's the thing. With the exception of maybe three and four, the Rocky series is not about the fight. It's not about, um, it's not a fight film. None of these things are. Boxing is there, and he is a fighter. He is a boxer, but that's not the thrust of these movies. When you watch Rocky, it has the greatest on-screen romance ever between two people these these two characters because you see him at the beginning when we're inter- we're introduced to Rocky f- at, at the very beginning through boxing he's boxing Spider Rico and from there we see him you know out on the streets and he's walking around and he sees people and uh, they're like hey did you fight he's like yeah I did real good you should have seen me you should have been there you should have been there what you see is a guy who he's very honest and he's very open with everybody about, Hey, look, you know, you'd you say, yo, you talk to me and, uh, and you want to know these things. You should have been there. I did real good. You should have been there. I, you should have seen me. I did real good. You should now. And then you find out that he's basically a leg breaker for a long shark, you know, which is kind of, you know, you're like, really is, is this what, is this what this is all about? You know, this guy's not, not the greatest guy until you see what he does. He goes to get the money from Bob and uh, he's like, you know, you, you should have planned ahead. <laughs> and the guy's like, you don't have to break my thumbs. Guess I won't know. He won't know nothing. And and Rocky gets a chewing out for not breaking the guy's thumbs. You know, and he's like, well, you know, I was just thinking if you broke his thumbs, how'd you go to work? And he's like, you don't do the thinking. I'll do the thinking. But you, you see this guy who's just, he's generally a good guy. You know, he's raised on the streets. He's got a toughness about him, a Philadelphia street toughness about him. But he's just a good guy and man the first time you see him talk to adrian you see him talk to this this shy very uh bookish girl you know in 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 the pet shop and he's telling her a joke and she doesn't seem you know it's not a funny joke and she doesn't really you know she's kind of polite about it but not much and uh and and her boss is like get out of here adrian you know go do this go do that to get her away from rocky and and rocky you know he just kind of looks and he's like why, why I don't get the deal, you know, so he goes and talks to her brother, Polly, who you find out is kind of like his brother, but Polly's kind of a messed up dude. These characters are just intense and so much is going on in this movie, but it's all about Rocky. It's not just about Apollo giving Rocky a chance at the title. That's not what it's about what it's about is a is just a down-on-his-luck guy who gets a shot but he doesn't just get a shot at the title he gets a shot at a woman who he has feelings for and who he's loved for a long time and their first date on thanksgiving night is great because yeah, <laughs> she's trying to ice skate and he's just kind of running alongside her you know and talking and um and then later on when he's talking to paulie about it he's like what do you see in my sister and he's like, oh no, we feel gaps and he's like, gaps? What do you mean gaps? He's like, I don't know, I got gaps, she's got gaps we feel gaps and and you see that he's found this perfect little puzzle piece That the the one thing that he felt was missing his life he lives in a in a in a cruddy little studio bedroom apartment one bedroom apartment with his turtles cuff and link, the rest of Maubles. um, and and he doesn't have much but, but this woman fills in all his gaps for him she makes it okay you know she makes him a better person by being around and by being willing to be in his life and um and it's just it's it's an amazing thing because she is quiet she's shy she doesn't i mean she doesn't say much in the movie she acts her tail off but she doesn't say a whole lot you know and when she does speak it's a big deal and she and adrian has her her breaking point these characters are just so well written and so well defined and so so good and then i mean don't even get me started on apollo creed i mean apollo creed is just this guy that's like well i gotta promote this fight let's give a nobody a chance we'll we'll kind of play with him drop him in three rounds good fight people get their get their show you know and it's over and everyone comes to see it because it's a big deal well rocky starts taking this mess seriously and then you have the Rocky-Mickey relationship. Mickey, his trainer, who uh, is just a gruff old man, you know, who's even from a harder time than what Rocky's from. And, and, uh, and, and you see at the beginning, Mickey, when they, when you first introduce, it's because Rocky's talking to him because he lost his locker. And Mickey's like, this guy's a contender. You're nothing but a, a two-bit leg-breaking bum. And, <clears throat> and they have a fight. He's like, you got hot, kid, but you fight like an ape. Did you fight last night? he's like, yeah, I fought Spider Rico. Did real good. Should have seen me. (laughs) Did you win? Yeah, I won. And he says, did you fight? And he's like, yeah. Did you win? Yeah. Who'd you fight? Spider Rico. He's a bum. And so... uh... (laughs) But you see, Mickey has some decent things to say about Rocky. And then he shows up and he wants to manage him once he's got the shot. And it seems like Mickey is is kind of just trying to get in on the ride that he's just trying to be there you know in on the ride with rocky and the way the script was originally written that was probably some of it but what you do see is just an old man who's been down on his luck and who just wants a chance as well you know that he's not a bad guy he's just a gruff grizzly old man and that's what you know and that's and that's who he is and so these two form a relationship where rocky just trusts this guy to train him and he trusts him to manage him and 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 they begin working together and everything's going well and you know rocky's training hard and then he has this altercation with paulie where paulie gets ticked off because of the relationship with with him and adrian and 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 paulie's like just feels like i guess he feels like paulie's very much everyone owes me but in in the whole movie he's like talk to gazo give me something and so they have their falling out and there's this great moment in rocky where it's the night before the fight and he can't sleep and he goes to uh he goes to the arena he goes to to the philadelphia spectrum where the where the fight's gonna be and he's just standing there you know just looking and they've got the big posters up and and uh and and this this music's playing well crud Daggum gum it you gotta be kidding me um once again, Steve does a terrible job of uh, <laughs> Steve does a terrible job of of whatever Steve does um <laughs> what am I trying to do here <clears throat> Steve does a terrible job of producing live but he's there he's 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 there and and the promoter guy that Apollo's been working with shows up too and he's like um <clears throat> Yo, the the poster's wrong. And the poster has Rocky there with um, red shorts and a white stripe. And he says, um, I'm wearing white shorts with a red stripe. And the guy just looks at him and says, It doesn't really matter, does it? And you realize that no one in the world has taken him seriously. The only person that's taken Rocky seriously has been pretty much rocky rocky and mickey they're the only ones who 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 have thought about this thing seriously at all and um this is the music that's playing while this is going on you know and he's just walking around and he's thinking about it and he realized no one's no one's taking him seriously at all and so he goes back to his apartment where adrian's at and he just and he says, I realize something. I can't beat him. I can't I can't beat Apollo. You know, no one I, I just can't do it. And Adrian says this, listen, <clears throat> I get choked up because I love I love this these movies so much. Adrian asks him this question What are we gonna do? She's in this thing with him she's she's there with him you know and her question is what are we going to do not what are you going to do not how are you going to fix this but what are we going to do and rocky's whole thing is no one's ever gone 15 rounds no one's ever gone the distance with creed and so i figure if i can go the distance and i've done something no one can ever has ever done and so I just want to be in there when when that last bell rings I want to be standing. <clears throat> and that's what leads into the fight. Now there's another amazing moment, you know, he goes through this war with Apollo Creed. This match happens, this boxing match happens, the second of the movie by the way. And uh this war happens and and everything's breaking down and uh and 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 he does, he stands to the 15th round, but he doesn't win. It's a split decision. Apollo Creed gets the win. As they're hugging it as the final bell rings, you know, they hug and you hear Apollo say, Ain't gonna be no rematch. And, and Ruggs says, I want one. And uh, and then as the music plays and everything's going nuts, and the people rush the ring and and there are reporters in his face, and all he can do is just think about Adrian and Adrian Adrian. And before, when he left her in the back, he said, You wait for me and I'll come back, and, you know, that sort of thing. And uh and and she had on this nice little outfit, had a little hat on, everything. Well, she starts making her way to the ring, and as she does, her hat gets pulled off. And she gets in the ring. Now, this is a guy who's just been through a war with the champion of the world. And she comes up, and, you know. He now all he's doing is just calling Adrian. You know, where are you? And she gets up there to him, and uh, and <laughs> and she says, Rocky, I love you. And he just looks and says, Where's your hat? and she says i love you and he's like i love you too and then he just hugs her and it just the 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 shot ends on this moment of just complete elation on his face and 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 just this moment of everything's right in the world but that question he's been through a war with this man and he says where's your hat that's how into this woman he is you're gonna tell me that's not a great love story you're gonna tell me that's not an incredible thing that's it is it is amazing and then that brings us to what is one of the greatest sequels of all time, Rocky II. It's up there with Empire Strikes Back to me. See, this is the kind of sequel that's on on par with Empire. Empire is a great sequel because of uh, of what it, of, of being the second act of like a three act structure. And Empire is great because it's dark. It leaves our heroes, you know, and, and you and you're just kind of on this ride with the heroes where things just never really get fixed empire is great because of how great empire is rocky 2 is great because it does everything you want to see happen in rocky 1 and it opens as soon as rocky 1's over and they're in the hospital and rocky's like i'm retired he's got an eye situation that he could go blind if he's not careful in the ring that sort of thing so his idea is he's not going to fight anymore and what he does is he proposes to adrian at the zoo in front of the tiger and she says yes and the and rocky 2 is all about these two being married and how they deal with it. Now he deals with trying to be have life without a fighter, but Apollo is having to deal with everyone saying that the match was rigged or that he's just a paper champion now, that, that Rocky had actually won the fight. Now he wants this rematch to prove that it was just a fluke and all this stuff. And so he starts trying to be be the bad guy. See, the whole thing about Rocky is Apollo was never the bad guy. It was just a fight. He was giving Rocky a chance. It was he was never a villain. But in Rocky Two, he sets himself up to be the bad guy, and he starts talking smack, and he starts you know being mean, and and he starts trying to get Rocky you know pull Rocky out, and Adrian gets pregnant, and because they're married now, and um, and they're and they got a condo they can't, they've got a, you know, a home they can't afford, they've got uh, a car they can't afford now. Because Rocky can't get a job, he work, he's working at the meat plant, and then he gets laid off, and the only thing he can do is fight. That's all he's got, and Adrian's scared he's going to go blind, and then she goes into labor, and, and this is, oh my gosh, Mickey and Rocky. Mickey goes in, they've been training for the fight, and Rocky just hadn't been into it, because it's in his head. Adrian's in his head. The fact that Adrian doesn't want to do this, the fact that Adrian's, the woman who said, what are we going to do, is not behind him on this, and it's messing with him. And so she has these complications and she slips into a coma and he's there by her side the whole time and he's in this chapel and, and Mickey shows up and he's like, Rock, it's 3 a.m. And he gives him the speech about stand up and fight this guy hard and don't lay down. And, and then he says, but if you're going to, he says, because if you do, you know, if you go fight him the way you are now, you're going to get mangled. You're going you're gonna to get hurt bad. But if this is what you want to do, I'll sit here with you. I'll just stay here and pray. And for the rest of that sequence of Rocky being in the hospital with Adrian, Mickey's right there by his side. It's not really, you know, it's not something that's pointed out big. It's not this big. They don't make a big thing of it. But in every shot, there he is. He's listening to Rocky read to her. He's listening to Rocky write a poem for her. He's listening, you know, he's he's just sitting there in the chapel with Rocky the whole time he's there. Because he loves the kid. And, oh, and he's like, a, you know, and to me, it's like, it's a great, it's this great mentor student relationship between those two as well as seeing rocky's love for adrian of course she wakes up they see the baby and he's like you know if you don't want me mixing with creed i'll get i'll back out of the fight and she says no there's one thing i want you to do i want you to win oh and it's on then son it is on like a steaming pot of neck bone and of course you know how rocky two ends rocky two ends with him winning the champion he becomes the champion of the whole wide world So then we hit Rocky 3. And Rocky 3 of course is um <clears throat> it, it is the it is the arrival of survivor. <laughs> it is it is the it is the time uh, you know it opens up just like Rocky 2 did with the, with the last few moments of of when Rocky 2 opened with the last few moments of Rocky Rocky 3 opens up with the last few moments of Rocky 2 and, you know, as he wins and he says, the, Yo, Adrian, I did it again. Worried more about Adrian than anything else that's going on in that ring. And then all of a sudden it just goes into this. I think Rocky Three is more of a fight movie. Uh, Rocky three and four are more fight movies than any of the rest of the series. I think I've already said that, but um, but this <laughs> this this became Survivor's biggest hit ever, and it's one of those that's still played to this day at sporting events and and everything else. Of course, Rocky three is our introduction to Mr. T and the character of Clubber Lang, and. And from the get go, you see uh this guy calling out Balboa. You know, there's that moment and it's almost to the beat of of Eye of the Tiger's like, I want Balboa. I want Balboa. And uh Mickey sees him and he knows, and he's not gonna let Rocky fight clubber Lang because this this guy would hurt your poem in Rock. Um But uh he <clears throat> But Mr. T's there and and this is also kind of the coming out party for Hulk Hogan, this is where Hulk Hogan made a big impact. Now Hogan had been wrestling before this, but he wasn't. It wasn't Hulkamania running wild yet. In fact, it was after this movie came out that he was wrestling in in the Minnesota territory, and that's when Hulkamania started running wild there. And then it went back to the WWF, and and it got you know just exploded. But yeah, Hulk Hogan's in this thing. They have their match, and it's a fun thing until you hit the. Uh, <laughs> Until you hit that second act when Rocky actually fights Clubber lane And what's interesting is 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 I don't think Rocky didn't lose. You know, I used to think well he didn't take it seriously, he didn't train hard enough, all this stuff. But you know, Mickey's talking real nice to him as they're as they're in the ring after he finishes sparring a little bit, and you know, and and he's kind of convinced that Rocky can do it. Like he's turned the corner and he's convinced Rocky can beat this guy but then mickey has his heart situation and rocky's just messed up from that so he goes out in the ring and he's all messed up that's the thing about rocky is is you find out this is a guy who who is all he really is all heart you know and and the people that he cares about and in in the in, in his family his friends that's what matters most to him in the whole wide world and so with mickey going down spoiler alert you know, Rocky loses the title to Mr. T, <clears throat> and when he gets back to when he gets back to the locker room, Mickey refused to go to the hospital, and Mickey dies there basically in Rocky's arms. Oh my gosh, it's just I used to make fun of it, but the other day I was watching it, and I just kind of shed a tear with Rocky. It was just so sad, you know, because the last thing Mickey says is, "I love you." i mean and this is this man's mentor a man who he he who he admires who he loves who he's trusted with his career with his with his body with his training he loves this man and this man is now dying in his arms and he's gone and then they you know and he and he kind of lied to him because he's like yeah it was a knockout in the second and, and he never told mickey that he didn't lose And he's like we got more to do and mickey's like i've done it all i've taught you all and um and so now Mickey's gone, and and Apollo comes back. Oh, Apollo Creed, he's back. And he wants to help Rocky get the title back. And uh, and this whole thing is about, it, it, that's what this movie becomes about, and then is Rocky training to go back after Clubber Lang for the bell and the eye of the tiger and, and getting the eye of the tiger and getting hungry again and wanting it and you want to talk about character development you you see adrian in rocky she's shy she doesn't say much she doesn't have a lot to say in rocky 2 she's a little bit more assertive with her opinions and stuff but not too much she kind of you know she goes along the ride with rocky that sort of thing Well, here in rocky 3 they're on the beach They, they go to california to train and um and she has this conversation with him she She finally goes up to him. He hasn't really been having his heart in and everything. And she goes up to him and and she says, can I talk to you? And they begin to have this conversation. And you've never seen them talk to each other this way before. You've never seen Rocky. You know, every time you've seen Rocky, he's been gentle. He's been very patient with her. Even in their arguments, you know, he's very... Just quiet, and he—you know—you never feel like he's—he's he's just angrier. Back into the corner. Well, Adrian backs him into a corner, and he just kind of lashes out. He's like, "What do you want from me? What do you want me to say?" And she's like, I want the truth, and, and like she's just all up in his face, and she's like, Look, you, you, you owe nobody anything. You've got to do this for the right reasons, and you can't do this with guilt. You can't do this because of this. And if you're scared, then you just got to let it go, and you got to get out there and do what you do. And and if you lose, you you lose with no excuses, and that's something you can live with. But don't carry excuses into the ring, and let those be what holds you down. Like she's all up on him. And and he just looks at her and he's like, when would you get to be so tough? And he's like, I married a fighter. And it, it, to me, it's like, <clears throat> she's what brings him through here. She's what pushes him to kind of understand what he's holding on to and what he's got to let go of. And and uh, and oh, I, I just, I'm telling you, their marriage, their relationship is so good. And then the strategy they use to get through, and it's so cool, man, when... <laughs> <laughs> when he's when he's fighting Clever Lang at the end, and this is I mean this is the movie that will get you pumped up. Now this is this is the man moment here. He's fighting Clever Lang, and they're coming out of the second, and and Clever's just been beating on him and beating on him, and he's been taking it, and he's like he's like I'm gonna get yeah, I'm gonna get you, man. Get you. He's like oh yeah, well at least I ain't breathing heavy. I'm like what a comeback. But the whole thing was is he let Clever punch out? He let Clever punch himself out, and then he went on the offensive and just. Beat the tar out of him and knocked him out and uh oh it's so good oh i just love it i just get pumped thinking about it you know now there are a lot of people i always loved rocky 4 when you hit rocky 4 it's kind of the most to me the most divergent from the formula of rocky it's it's um it's so much more just kind of a it is it is it is very 80s and it's it's very much um it's, it's very much uh, an 80s thing and um, it, I don't want to say it was the height of the Cold War it was near the breaking point of the Cold War the first what I'm going to call now the first Cold War because there may be a second one coming along but it was very much at the height of the first Cold War the or the breaking point of the first Cold War with Russia and, and the US and, and uh, you had the Soviets come over with their thing Apollo dies and now Rocky's got to figure out and it's really all about revenge. It's all about Rocky wanting revenge. And and there's something, though, that I didn't notice until just a few years ago when I was watching it. And it's the idea of change and being able to change and, and can people change. Rocky uh, talks about several times with Adrian and, and Apollo talks about it. They talk about not being able to change who you are, not being able to, you know, that you are who you are and you can't really... And nothing's going to change that, and then you go through the you go through the fight with him and and Drago at the end and uh and he says there was a lot of changing that went on in this ring and if I can change and you can change everybody can change and so the idea is is that there there is change and change is able to be made and people can change and people do change and so I didn't I never caught that theme until just a few years ago watching that movie. It is the most eighties of them. For some reason Bill Conti, the composer for all the other Rocky movies and, and Sylvester's lawn had a bit of a falling out or a way they wanted to see things. So Vince DeCola stepped in to do uh the the scoring of the movie and, and Vince Dicola very heavy on the keyboards. It's a very synthesizer heavy movie. And they used a lot more um gosh, this movie is just full of montages and music video moments. I mean, from Living in America to No Easy Way Out to uh, Burning Hearts to Hearts on Fire. And it's just... It's... Uh, it's, uh, it's... It's... It's uh, mm. it's a good movie. I mean, it's a great 80s movie. And it's another one to get you pumped. There's that moment when he hits him and he's like, the Russians cut! The Russians cut! But... Again, this is a movie where they do the thing where Adrian doesn't believe, and he's, he's like, you can't win. And he says, Adrian says, I can't win, and Adrian never lies. But there's a moment where we see Rocky realizing, I've got to do this with or without her on my side, and then she shows up in Russia, and it's like, oh, they're back together. It's so good. And then comes the point in the series a lot of people call the weak point, and that's uh, Rocky Five. Now, Rocky Five is a different animal because rocky five is more like with the exception of the music they try to do a lot of hip-hop rap kind of stuff because that's what was cool sylvester sloan always tried to kind of keep current with what he was doing but this really goes back to rocky's roots they lose all their money and he can't fight he's he's kind of got a little bit of brain damage going on he can't fight and so um he he has to step aside and, and and you've got a promoter an evil promoter trying to get him to fight and and make some money off of his name and um and they end up back where they started back in the old neighborhood and rocky just kind of reopens mickey's gym and and you've got the whole situation with tommy gunn played by the late tommy morrison and you know and he wasn't the best actor he there's that moment where <laughs> after tommy wins the title and the press has kind of hounded him and and he's like why don't they respect me man blah 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 and he kicks it, he's like i'm tired of them calling me a robot too wasn't the greatest of dialogue but you know sage stallone the late stage sage stallone played rocky's son and and so sylvester stallone and sage had a great chemistry his father and son there in that movie at that time for the age that sage was there was that thing um and and what you see is is rocky looking to be mickey for someone rocky is looking to to mentor someone the way that mickey mentored him and he's looking to make that same connection he's looking to give his knowledge and his heart and his love to somebody and and there's this kid who he thinks has got it but he just doesn't he never does get it and meanwhile his family's kind of falling apart his kids kind of apart. his kids gone from being you know super smart good kid to kind of hanging out with the wrong crowd and blending in with the street crowd and that sort of thing and it's all kind of happening under rocky's nose because he's kind of neglecting and again it's adrian who brings him back around and says you're losing your family you know you you you're worried so much about this guy who's now turned his back on you that you're losing your family and so he has a great moment where he goes and talks to his kids and to his kid and the other kids are like are you going to hit him he's like no i'm not going to hit him like they're idiots like what are you talking about i'm not gonna hit my kid and and you see this family dynamic where things aren't always perfect, but this is a guy who genuinely loves his family and who genuinely wants what's best for them, and 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 so and that's what he's going to do is try to provide the best and do the best and be the best, and and he makes some mistakes here and there, but he's not going to let those stand. And of course, this ends with the street fight between Tommy and and Rocky, and uh, you know, it it's I think a lot of people are disappointed because it didn't go back to the ring um it was good because Burgess Meredith reprised his role as Mickey and they filled in some gaps from the first Rocky with some with some conversations between Rocky and Mickey and um it was just it was just really really to me had a lot of heart there that I think a lot of people miss because it's doctored up with some hip-hop you know rap music and that sort of thing and and a lot of tropes from around that time it was the early nineties, and so it was a lot of stuff from around that time it was kind of doctored up with but but the heart's there, and I think it works. I think it works in the end and and you know and you and you because it just goes back to Rocky just being this good guy that's just what it goes back to. he's not the toughest fighter in the world. he's not always trying to prove he's the best he's just a good guy who loves his family well, a few years ago, two thousand six um Wow, I remember reading about this in 2005. Rocky Balboa, the sixth Rocky, and I'm like, no, please don't. Please don't do this. Please don't do this to one of my favorites. Please, just let it be. Please, just let it be. And I got to go. It was the only Rocky movie I ever got to see on the big screen, and I got to go to uh, a preview screening of it up in South Carolina with my good friend Marcus, who's on episode 15 of Geek Out Loud, and we talk about The Dark Knight together. And, um... oh, the theater was packed and we were there center kind of, it wasn't stadium. Well, it was stadium sitting, but we were kind of down toward near the front, not super front, but you know, in a in decent seats, dead center squeezed in between all these people. And this movie starts in, uh, and one of the first things you realize is Adrian has, is, is gone. She's passed. And, and, and the first, oh, geez. and, um, you know we see Rocky get up we see him you know feed his turtles we see him you know just kind of go through a little morning ritual and then we see him at the graveyard and And he's just got a chair that he keeps up in a tree where he goes and he just visits with Adrian And um that's just that's his life now he's got an Italian restaurant called Adrian's that you kind of led to believe that maybe she opened but there's a lot of boxing memorabilia in there and and um and spider rico the guy that we first meet him fighting you know and back in rocky he's now there and he's sitting there reading his bible and he's like god bless you rocky and all this stuff and it's um you're immediately thrown back into this world and he's taking paulie on this tour there's an it's either the anniversary of his death of her death is what i get the idea that it is and he's going on this tour around philadelphia to where the ice rink was torn down and you know and he's just he's just remembering them skating and he goes back to his old apartment and he's like i stood here and i just wanted her to trust me and she did and and paulie's like you know uh, we got to hurry rock i mean you know he's like why are you being this rocky? he's like you gave her good things you had the good times with her and i treated her bad and he just she always loved you paulie and this and and it's and this and this movie hinges on this thing that ESPN does with a with a computer fight between him and Mason Dixon, the the current champion, and if they fought in their prime, you know how would it turn out? And the computer says Rocky, and Mason's not really well liked anyway because you know he's just he's just kind of blowing through the competition and he doesn't really seem to have any heart but what you find out is this isn't a bad dude either they don't set that guy up to be a villain it's so genius that rocky that uh, rocky that sylvester stallone in writing this didn't set up his opponent to be a bad guy he's just a guy he's just a fighter who's made some bad choices with his management and who's just a you know he's a fighter And, uh, I, I'm telling you, if you've not gotten in the Rocky series, you need to, because this movie does something that had no business doing, it was good and it worked and it made sense. And it was so just the heart that was there. His son is paid by, played by Peter Petrelli. I can't think of the guy, the actor's actual name. Um, but there's the moment because you've, you've seen where Rocky gets, you've seen where his head space gets when, uh, when, when the people around him who love him, don't support him. And his son comes to him. He's like, can I talk to you? Don't go through with this fight. You know, they're going to do a fight, an exhibition match for charity, uh, after the computer thing and Rocky got his license back. And he's like, don't go through with this dad. I'm, I'm asking you, you know, I'm trying to get ahead and, and now you're going to set me back because people are going to worry more about you. And, and, um, and rocky just looks at him he's like you can't win don't do this to yourself and rocky looks at him and he's like he holds his hand and he says you know i used to be able to hold you in this hand and i'm just looking at him i'm like what because i was thinking that the kid's going to get in his head and he's not going to be able to train and he sits out there and like a boss like a dad to his son says listen you've been hiding around behind a lot of stuff i'm paraphrasing like you're hiding behind a lot of things you're saying that you can't get by because of a shadow that i've put you in because of a shadow that i throw you're saying that it's my fault that you can't get through but here's the deal life ain't about how hard you can hit it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward how much you can take and keep moving forward that's how winning is done and we and i and i know that's who you are cowards make excuses and you're not a coward like he goes off on him and I'm just sitting there and, and every time I see that scene I just get tears in my eyes because I'm like am I that guy do I make excuses am I the you know I, I, these movies are self-examination movies for me they really are and so they they part on different ways he's like you're my blood I love you I always will and he's like and but but you can't be doing you can't you can't make excuses anymore and he walks by and he says go visit your mother and the next shot we see Rocky at the graveyard and here comes his son <laughs> and uh, he's got flowers and he's dressed just kind of in casual clothes and he's like I quit my job it wasn't me he's like is that okay and Rocky's like yeah it's fine and he's like I thought I'd come see you fight you know and and then boom there we're on man we're into the training montage we're into the whole thing, and and uh and you get to the fight and of course little marie's been with the whole time and they're bringing back a character that was in the very first movie and and she's there with her son and and you know and she has this conversation it's never a romantic thing a lot of people think it is but it's not it's just rocky wanting to help people it's just it's just it's just rocky wanting to help and um uh <clears throat> oh, you know she has a conversation with him where she brings him adrian's picture and she says, "Tomorrow you're gonna to prove the last thing to go on on someone is his heart is your heart." And so Rocky gets out there and goes to fight in Mason Dixon, and, it, and he takes him to the limit, man. And, and it's just like, and he talked to Polly about having all this stuff in the basement, all this stuff inside that he just had to let out. And and everybody loves Rocky, you know. And they're just like, just let it out, man. And when he does, and there's oh my gosh, there's the moment in the fight where he gets hit. It's in the last round he gets hit, and he starts to go down, and he, and you hear him talking to himself. He's like, well, "What was it you told the kid?" It's not how hard you can hit it's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward get up oh and the music plays and he stands up and you just see the champ just kind of look at him like oh my gosh they just go at it and rocky gets the last hit rocky gets the last hit and uh, as the bell rings um (laughs) as the bell rings to go in that last match uh, Mason Dixon says, you're a crazy old man. Rocky says, you'll get there. <laughs> it's just so good. Every single movie, the banter before the matches, the banter before the fight between Rocky and Mickey, between Rocky and Apollo, between Rocky and Duke, between Rocky and Pauly, is just so good. And it's this thing that carries through right to Rocky Balboa. Rocky Balboa did something great. See, Rocky V, I think, left a lot of people wanting to see more Rocky so that they'd get it right. Rocky Balboa left me wanting to see more Rocky because I love this character and it was so and it was done so stinking right now somewhere on the horizon there's a movie coming out or being made or being pitched called Creed and it's about the grandson of Apollo Creed getting into prize fighting and um apparently it's going to be Rocky training him so I don't know I I, I don't know I don't know how I feel about that or what could happen, but I'm telling you what, these movies are just, they are inspira- every single one of them on some level is inspirational to me. Every single one of them, all six of them. And if you are not familiar with them, if you've not spent time with them recently, I just want to encourage you to go do so. They're so, so good, especially the first one. Really, especially the first two. I mean, the first two are a great one-two punch. Excuse the pun. They're a great one-and-two kind of thing that go back and forth to really to really complete... Um, you know, tell a good, complete story that leaves you satisfied. And the rest of it is just icing on a big cake that's just so stinking good. So I, I, I love these movies. I, I didn't really have notes to talk through them and talk about them but uh, i just i i watch them this weekend and, and just can't get enough of them that's what i've been geeking out about so and that's what i mean ultimately and you know, that what this show's about just what am i you know what <laughs> what are we geeking out about this time around so um so yeah i think that's going to about wrap it up for us Hi
1: my name is Rocky bob boy <laughs>
0: I'm sure a lot of you have problems with me saying Rocky Five is a good movie, and that's fine. That's fine. That's your business, you know. You can you can like or not like whatever you want. That is a safe place to geek out about whatever whatever you think. But uh, but I'm telling you what, for my money, I dig Rocky Five, which leads me to something I've been wanting to do. Someone mentioned earlier in the chat about we should all get together and just watch a movie and kind of do it in the chat. I've been wanting to do what people would say are bad movies, and uh, and do uh, um do a version, do it do a commentary on what a lot of people consider bad movies, and I'm talking everything from Rocky Five to Spider Man Three to X Men Three, you you name it, and if it's considered not good, I want to talk about it, and not make fun of it, but try to find the good stuff in it. So that may be coming soon to your Geek Out Loud feed. Now, I don't know if we could do. Uh, do uh, uh, do it live. I'm not sure. We'll see how that works out. But um, but yeah, it's something I've definitely been thinking about. Hey, how about this? I'd like to hear your thoughts on Rocky, or I'd like to hear your thoughts on what your favorite movie franchises happen to be. You can email us at geekoutonline at gmail.com geekoutonline at gmail.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekoutloud, and of course on Twitter, at geekoutloud. While you're on Twitter, don't forget to tweet Samuel L. Jackson at Samuel L. Jackson, and let him know that at underscore flight underscore thirty one would love his help with a Star Wars film at UGA. Let's get let's get Sammy let's get Chris Conley on board or in the radar of Samuel L. Jackson. I think it'd be really cool to do that for him. So that's uh, flight that's under at underscore flight underscore thirty one uh, for Chris Conley and at Samuel l jackson on the twitter let's get those two together and get them collaborating i think it'd be fun it'd be a great way to help chris conley out thanks so much to chris conley for coming on don't forget you can find out when we're going to be recording all of our shows live by going over to geekoutonline.com while you're there click the amazon links do your shopping through those links clear your cookies before you do and what happens is we get kicked back and it helps the site out a little bit every time you do so We've got new Geek Out Loud t-shirts on the way. They're ordered. They're being printed right now as we speak. Keep an eye out for when they're available. We'll let you know. I want to thank everyone who joined us live. Thank everyone who uh, who has downloaded the podcast. I really appreciate your support and your help with the show. I've talked right through the song, so we'll start it right back over because, gee whiz, I don't give a duke. <laughs> If you're in Orlando for Memorial Day weekend, make sure you get in touch with me down at Star Wars Weekends. I'll be in Disney on Friday. The rest of the weekend, I'm just going to be hanging out with some peeps that are down there. So uh, make sure you get in touch with us. Again, thanks everyone who's joined us live. Thank you for downloading the podcast. If you haven't already, please take the time to rate us and review us on iTunes. It helps people know about what's going on. We're a proud part of the Shot Glass Digital Network and appreciate them putting up with the Golaverse over there. You can go to Glass Digital to find such great shows as Techno Retro Dads, The Bondcast, and of course, Rebel Force Radio, the flagship of Glass Digital. StarkVillelabs.com. StarkVillelabs.com. Derek and I are putting together a Flash TV show podcast. We want to jump in the waters with all of our good friends like Andy and the guys at Flash TV. Looking forward to that. So. Until next time, I'm Steve Glosson. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. Now go out there and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done.